Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Health Conversations. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Dooley, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Human Dignity, Equality, Freedom of Movement, Language and Culture, Healthcare, Food, Water and Security, the rights all humans deserve to have. Hashtag Human Rights Month 2022. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. Let's welcome our A-team guest as we get into this very sensitive uh, topic, uh, Dr. Kim Mutlong. Um, Dr. Kim is a general practitioner and a GP anesthetics. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Mutlong. It's a very sensitive topic that we are discussing, but it's one that needs to be had. Thank you for having me, Patricia. Um, yes, indeed, it is quite sensitive, but it's something that's happening on a daily basis. So yes, let's dive into it. Why is it happening on a daily basis? Is it because people in South Africa are not aware that we've got uh, free uh, clinics that are set out to assist those who need to terminate pregnancies? Or is it because people are scared to enter into these facilities? I think it's a number of factors, to be quite honest. Um, Basically, it it starts with misinformation regarding what is and what is not able to be done to help ladies in that particular condition. Um, many women don't realize that they have the right to attain safe and dignified abortion services in our country. Um, there's always the fear of stigmatization, especially with your smaller clinics, you know. Um, the nurse who's going to be providing the service might go to church with your mom. Um, she might be an aunt, you know, she might be your neighbor. Um, and even though healthcare workers have to maintain the right um, to confidentiality, patients aren't always necessarily like, they, they don't believe in this all the time. Um, so there's always that. And then a lot of women have reported that there's a lot of stigmatization and terrible experiences that they have with people judging them um, when they look for these services at our local clinics. Um, I think another reason would simply be that women are not really aware of the dire physical consequences that backstreet abortions bring and just how much it jeopardizes their health potentially. There's also the financial limitations. A lot of people are under the impression that you actually have to pay for these services, but they aren't provided for free. And some women who are too far along, and by that I mean they're greater than 20 weeks pregnant, and therefore don't qualify for um, termination unless it's um, jeopardizing their health, um, still want out. And so they'll seek people who provide these services, even though it's extremely dangerous. Yeah, those are just a few of the reasons, I think. Dr. McClung, you know these reasons that you're citing are reasons that are very valid, right? Um, But I'm going to go to a post that I read on social media of a young Mm -hmm. lady saying that she was raped 
it, it brought me to tears. And this was literally yesterday. She was raped, gang raped. Um, and she stays with her grandmother because both her parents have passed away. And she was scared to go to the clinic um, and, and report into the police station because she didn't want to cause trauma to her ailing grandmother. So she then didn't report the rape. She didn't tell anyone. And months later, she finds out that she's pregnant. And it turns out she's about two months pregnant. So then she decides, I'm going, I can't keep this baby. So I need to go and terminate. And she's gone to the clinic that's nearby to her, um, which is a facility that's free. Uh, but she was treated so badly and kept on being told, come back tomorrow, come back tomorrow. And now she was posting, crying, devastated. So can we say... Another reason that young people, never mind that that could be a person you go to church with or could be a friend with your mom who works at that particular uh, public health facility, but the treatment that people get when they go to request for these uh, terminations of pregnancies, could this not be one of the reasons that young people, especially I'm saying young people because there's been a high number of pregnancies from them, are then opting to go the backdoor route? It certainly is. There's no denying it. Unfortunately, as healthcare workers, sometimes we fail tremendously in this regard. I think, though, the stance that should be taken, and it's not necessarily a culture that we imbue or promote um, in um, in SA, I think, but we we don't we don't expect people to treat us with the dignity when we're seeking healthcare. And we don't demand respect and dignity for the healthcare services that we receive. Most of us are just like happy by the time that somebody sees us. And I think what we need is a culture of accountability amongst healthcare workers. And we need to encourage patients, and this lady in particular who experienced terrible things like this, to report it. Every single healthcare worker has to have a name badge on them if they're treating you. The societies in the patient rights charter, they have to identify themselves. And you simply take the name down and you report them to the highest authority in that hospital. And you follow up and you make sure there are repercussions and consequences. Unfortunately, we have to deal with the, the bad decisions um, and the marginalization that we create as healthcare workers sometimes towards patients. It's unfair. Let's look at the dangers. I mean, um, there, there's been how many terminations that have been reported? About 73,426 um, of young people, all right, who are most of them 20 years and above. How, how dangerous are these backstreet uh, abortions, these, these unauthorized facilities? Can we talk about the dangers? Perhaps then people will then just, you know, go forward and make their choice because it is their right and it's legal for them to have this choice. But they will go forward and make a choice that will not put their lives in danger. Absolutely. So I think knowledge is power. And if we empower people with the knowledge um, of the consequences, they might be more encouraged to actually do these in accredited facilities. Um, so... Most of the time, the biggest, the biggest thing that we see is an incomplete abortion. So somebody will, um, a patient will take pills um, and they'll expel partial portions of the um, fetus and 
portions of the pregnancy might remain in them. This will result in them bleeding continuously until they actually go to theatre and have those pieces removed um, in what we call the evac, evacuation of uh, uterus. Um, bleeding obviously is a really big consequence um, of these backstreet abortions, um, bleeding to the point where um, we call it hemorrhaging, um, and this leads to shock and then death. Um, I've seen many, many young girls who met a stranger in the CBD, and the stranger puts um, pills inside them, and three days later, they were on death's door at the hospital waiting for us to transfuse them with units of blood and to clear out the remaining pregnancy um, because those pills that were put in by a stranger just weren't right. Um, we have infection, um, infection um, usually of the womb, and um, this can lead to sepsis. So sepsis is basically when you have harmful microorganisms in the blood or like the other tissues, the womb um, in particular in this case, um, and then um, the body's response to this presence potentially leads to malfunctioning of various organs. Um, so you can go into organ failure, shock, and then death. Um, something that's also quite common if the provider um, or the individual who's conducting this illegal abortion or unsafe abortion on you is using instruments that aren't um, that aren't correctly that aren't correct. Um, then this could perforate, and by perforate I mean poke holes into your womb um, and destroy like organs. Um, this obviously is extremely dangerous and you could die from it. Um, it could also lead to you having to have your womb removed completely um, in an attempt to save your life. And that means you'll never be able to physically bear your own children again because you don't have a womb. Um, there's also chronic long-term pain um, that you might suffer from if people um, put objects or there was damage to any of the genital tracts or internal organs as a result of putting um, dangerous objects into the vagina or anus. Um, these are just a few of the things that could happen. Um, it's, it's a lot. Um, it definitely is a lot. It definitely is a lot. Let me open up the lines. A team is you are more than welcome to interact with us. I know it's a very sensitive issue that we are discussing. Um, the fact that uh, the rate of illegal uh, abortion facilities have risen in South Africa and a lot of women are putting their lives at risk by going to these uh, facilities, despite the fact that there are free public health facilities that are available to women of all ages, especially from the age of is it 12 that is the legal age for abortions, um, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken? So it, it, it's open for women. That It's correct, uh, Dr. Mutlong. It's 12 years old, right? Yes, it is 12 years old. Yeah. So, Ati Mazia, um, call in. Let me hear from you. If you've got a question, you can ask our doctor, 011-714-2006, or alternatively, uh, you can WhatsApp 614 Doc, I hear you are a doctor for um, a facility that I was once a marketing coordinator for back in oh, the really? day, Mari <laughs> Stoves. <laughs> Mar I do. I'm a sedationist at Mary Stoves. Um, I do service the Gauteng branches. Um, so um, 
I see this on a daily basis. I've been working there for the last year and a half, and um, it's been it's been eye-opening for me. Um, I think working at Mary Stokes made me like ask questions that I'd never thought about before. So how do I know if a place is safe? Most people go onto Google and say um, abortion facility, and the first 10 ads that come up are usually scams, you know, no pain-free abortion clinic, same-day abortion clinic, greater than 24 weeks abortion clinic. And honestly, women go there in good faith thinking that because on the site it said this is a medical practitioner, that actually you're really going to get like the medical care that you need and they're scammed. So as much as women are having backstreet abortions, some of them don't do it willingly or knowingly. Um, they do it because they've been scammed into it. So I think it's it's quite important for us to discuss how we know whether a place is safe or unsafe. And there are a few things that we could check. So a few of those things that I mentioned, if you see online that there are promises of same-day abortion, greater than 24 weeks, or they can do a pregnancy uh, termination at any age or any at any age in terms of your um, um, gestational age pregnancy, then we know that this is not safe because the law says up to 20 weeks, right? And um, if they promise things like it's going to be pain-free, we know that this is not necessarily an institution that's accredited. Um, a lot of people don't know that if you go onto the HPCSA, that's the health, um, care, health position counselor for Africa, um, you can actually look up doctors and nurses there. And if you type in their name and surname and they appear, you'd be able to see whether or not this is a real practitioner. And accredited facilities basically um, uh, will have, everyone will examine you with clean gloves, people usually wear name tags, um, you can see that it's hygienic and clean. You won't see bloodline all over the floors. Um, they won't ask you to meet them in a dodgy place. They usually have a proper phone line and a website that you can call and verify with. Um, so these are just a few things. So I would encourage women to take their time researching facilities. Um, not everybody has the finances to afford um, private abortion facilities and in that case there's a website um, uh, just give me a second I forgot the name of this website um, I'll find it now I remember but basically they have continuous um, updated updated um, names of facilities where you can have free abortions done and they continuously update this list um, every couple of months. Yeah. So, so, so it it is available, readily available for for women to to go out and get uh, the safest options, uh, the legal yeah. options for termination of pregnancies. My concern now would be, from your side as a, a, a medical or a practitioner um, who's registered. Why is it that nothing is being done by by authorities to stop 
these bogus uh, abortion facilities. We see them with posters. And I'm not saying everyone's got a poster up is illegal, but there's dodgy posters, dog. We um, see them on bins. On we bins. See them on on, ooh, you know, that they are parts of our CBDs or even in yeah. where you drive by and you just see abortion, abortion, abortion. And you can tell that this is not right. You can see from every... And there's a phone number there. There's an address. Why is it that police officers, the health professionals um, council is not doing anything to curb this because that's where I think we should be starting this uh, conversation. So let's let's play this out. Let's say that we find one of those um, 5,000 posters in um, one of our townships, right? And we, we follow the trail. We call this person, right? And they agree to meet us somewhere. Um, and then we arrest them. There are still 4,999 to go. And it's just, it's never going to end. Like, if, if we want to lock down on these facilities, like, or on these people, what we need are our patients to start reporting them, you know. But they're so smart, right, that it becomes difficult. I know so many people who say, I met, I, I went onto Facebook, I was added to a group. Um, they told me to e-wallet um, 1,000 rand, and then somebody would come to my house and he would give me the pole. And that's what happened. I e-walleted and then the guy came to my house and he was wearing a hoodie and he just dropped off the pole and he walked away. How do you catch somebody like that? I mean, if I'm, if I'm trying to have an illegal abortion or backstreet abortion that I don't know is necessarily backstreet, I'm not going to report the guy who just brought these poles that are supposed to really help me out. And by the time I recovered from 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 my near death experience in hospital and not being transfused with blood, I really just I really just wanna like carry on with my life, you know? And the number that you've dialed no longer exists. Oh, this guy's nowhere to be found. This sounds so difficult and so tragic. What are these pills that they give people who want to abort? I mean, where do they get them? What are they? And do do they work? I'm asking this because if they do work, then people will keep on going back. And then we can know, maybe trace the pills, because this is very dangerous. It is extremely dangerous, but like sometimes they work. I mean, we can't say whether they work or not, right? Because either you die or you come in with complications and then you say, what pills were you given? They say white pills. We have no idea what white pills we are. these are. All we know is that they've resulted in an incomplete um, expulsion of half a pregnancy. Um, so generally what we would give, right, to people who, and there are facilities like accredited facilities, so Mary Stokes does deliver pills to your house. And this was started in 2020 during lockdown um, because it was, difficult for people to travel then, so they decided that they would take this initiative and start um, distributing the polls to people who met the criteria. So you go through a stringent like history taking um, with a healthcare worker on the phone before a decision is made um, on whether or not you qualify for um, a self-conducted abortion. Um, and then they explain how you take the pills. They send them over to you, and it's delivered, or you can come to the center and collect it. And once that's done, 
Um, they tell you what to expect, what the complications are, and if there's anything that goes wrong, they are there to help um, or intervene. Sure. Oh, man, Doc, you know, I'm, I'm, it scares me. It scares me that in this day and age, um, despite what our individual thoughts are around terminations of pregnancies, but the fact that termination of pregnancies are legal in South Africa and uh, people do have the choice, that is a choice that is safe, it scares me that, you know, we still find so many women um, getting in, in such situations. I'm going to go to the lines. We've got Apostle Paul on the line. Good evening, okay. A-Team Apostle Paul. Good evening, Patricia. Good evening. Please um, switch off your radio because you are hearing me echo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for that. Hey, Patricia, I appreciate you taking my call. I just want to say that uh, the question that you posed of why doesn't the government intervene? You know, we have noticed that the South African law in general is very, very weak. And uh, I work with friends who are policemen. They say the government is letting us down. The police does its job. The government is interested in bail, bail, bail. That's why criminals are all around. And that's why these people are abortion, 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 are all around. And in short, I want to say, any abortion is murder, according to the Bible. So any woman who aborts, she's a murderer. Even if that conception has been only for one second or one minute or one week, the baby has been killed in that womb. So I think the law must be revised, and the people who are aborting must understand no major will enter heaven. God bless you, Patricia, and uh, your guests. Thank you for yeah. calling in, Apostle Paul. Um, Dr. Kim, uh, please uh, do weigh in on uh, what the doctor has said, what the apostle has said. Excuse me. Um, Apostle Paul, I respect your opinion, and um, I do think you're entitled to it. Um, however, I do believe in every single woman having the right to choose what happens with regards to their reproductive health. Um, I personally don't think that abortion is something that should be condemned um, in the ways that you have described. I also don't think that it's something that um, we as a society should shame. Um, Patricia gave us an example earlier of a woman who's been gang raped. I don't think it's her portion to sit and carry a baby that is unwanted and that was unplanned, that is going to cause her psychological trauma and distress, her right to choose how she goes about navigating the decision to keep or to terminate it. Doc, as we close off our conversation, heavy as it has been, um, I, I'd like you to please just uh, encourage uh, all that are listening, all the A-teamers, to, to, to utilize uh, registered and authorized facilities should they desire or need to do um, abortions because of the, the things you have explained to us around implications, long-term and short-term implications of illegal abortion facilities. Um, absolutely. I really think that um, if you do the searching, like you'll find the answers. Um, there are many, many people and many, many links that you can follow um, to access all of this information that you need. Um, don't rush into decisions um, 
And remember, you can always call um, and ask questions. Um, I don't think anyone is going to stop you. Um, there is an organization called Becky Caesar, um, and the website is beckycesar.org. Um, they're a center for health journalism, essentially. And um, I have pinned um, one of the um, one of the articles on my Twitter page right at the top for anyone who wants to access it, or you can go directly to their website, type in abortion, and a list of all the most trustworthy and accredited facilities in South, in, uh, sorry, in South Africa will come up. They will actually tell you which ones are closer to you if you, if you enable your location setting and put it on, on um, your phone. So these are just ways in which technology is now helping curb um, problems like this, Patricia. Thank you I would very encourage much, everyone yeah. to use, use it. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Matlong. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thanks for having me. It's time for us to go straight to the news. Uh, it's a one minute after 11 with Greg Hose.